the um, the system that God set up to support the the priests and other because they couldn't own property or anything back mm -hmm. in those days, and so they lived out of the church, mm -hmm. um, well, out of the temple. They lived out of there. That you know, they bought in their food and all that. They um, they supported them, <coughs> and that's that's how they support. And even today, that's how you support the church. It's like the the blessing that's for you. You know, when when you give, God blesses you. You don't have to worry about what people are doing with it. I guess that's what we we do because we've always grown up doing that. We're not what they gonna do with that money. That was never a thought in my mind what they're gonna do with that money. It was just obedience. And you'll get the blessing out of it because you're giving as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. If they misuse the money, if they do whatever, that's not your concerns. That's on them. Your job is to be obedient. And it's like the first fruits. Giving God his first does something for you. It's acknowledging that he's blessed you. Now you want to be a blessing also. And then, and then uh, an important part of that is not looking at giving tithe or offering as a trade-off. Mm -hmm. Since I gave, now he's blessing me. No, he blessed you, now you give. And the blessing also comes in giving. The thing that comes afterwards not necessarily connected uh, in the sense that I'm buying a blessing later on. I think because that's the mentality that people go into it with, they they look for what's going to be done with the money or how they say they're going to use it. But at the same time, you're also looking in your life to where that money is going to be multiplied um, four folds and a hundred folds. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not what the goal is. And in the scripture here where all that had to be done was the orders be followed, what did he have to do? Set forth the declaration, set a chest at the entrance of the temple, and the people gave willingly. They didn't have to be coerced into it, like you said. They didn't have to be, um, you know, put in a, a robbery scheme to feel like uh, we can't get out of here or put under unnecessary pressure in order to give. Right. They were just given the commandment. They were given the scripture. They were given the the declaration and said, um, chest is in the back of the temple. And it filled up so multiple times. So that's a lesson to us today. And one of those, this one of the scriptures that really that I always think about, and sometimes people misquote it, it says, freely you have received. Right. Freely give. So you've already received freely. So get free. So and and, and today uh, the mentality of the day, I, I can understand how a lot of people get off on it because some of the mentality today is more of a pay, you know, a, a repay, mm -hmm. yeah, pay and repay kind of stuff. And, and so people who don't know the scriptures and not reading the scriptures, not being uh, led by the spirit, of just coming in and listening to somebody uh, preaching at, thinking that they're just doing it for money because you have what have you learned? I mean, what what do you know? about what God word, God's word says, then, you know, that's a natural thing. 
you know, I'm giving you money all the time. What you doing? Mm-hmm. If I see you doing anything, I'm like, you you spending my money. Right. Hey, how about I got my own job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how about I got a new car? Cause I got a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, people and they don't and they also don't know what it takes to run, you know, the the a ministry. That's kind of like what the scripture is now is um, makes me think that um but like with churches that do um press very hard on trying to meet a certain amount kind of shows a lack of faith that God won't um that it's always has to come from the people and it always has to come in a certain way. You if you put your you trust in him as people are putting their trust um in him as well by giving. On that point, that's one of the things that's taught too, that you may not have a lot to give, but God can extend what you give. But as a church, we can't teach that and then have a a point to say we can't let anybody leave, lock the doors. Until we meet this mark, you know, if we and then and then um, what about the ones who only have a little to give? What about what about those who don't have anything to give? Why don't they get a prophecy? Why don't they get a blessing? Why don't they get the word so that next time when they do have they want to give? It, It puts unnecessary pressure. And it seemed like that's what was happening here. He may have just felt like how the people would feel. Maybe figuring too far ahead in the future that the people would feel a certain way if we we um, try to get the money from them and everything. No. Why haven't you done this? Jehoiada, why haven't you done this? Well, order goes out. Shows that all this calculating how people would feel and what they would do as a result of hearing it, it was unmerited because they gave. Because that's all it took. And it, if you have the right attitude when you give, that's where the blessing is. Because your attitude in giving, if I have joy when I'm giving, do I not look at that as a blessing to have joy? Joy is a gift. And if I give joyfully, then why do I look for something else after I've given with joy? It's like I can go to the drive-thru, but if I'm given a car to go to the drive-thru in, I'm saying given the car, it's yours now, so go to the drive-thru. Why would I look for something more like, no, they jipped me on my fries. You have a car. Yeah. See, it's the vehicle. Amen. So after the, the commandment goes out, Jehoiada finds that they, they're, they're getting money in by the bucket loads and more. When they make an end of repairing the temple, when all the people are paid, all the workers that come in, they perfect the temple. They do the renovations. It's it's like the 
the love it or list it is, is what it makes me think of. And they're like, we're going to love it. So they're going to stay in the house. All right. The temple is now re, re, um, renovated. All the workers are paid. After all of that was done, they still had money left over. They had the chest was still so full of money that they were able to take that money and melt it down and actually replace all the vessels in the temple. That's, That's some crazy. good stuff right there. Yeah. The Bible says that the Lord blesses a cheerful giver. This is what happens when you don't browbeat people, make them feel ashamed. You know, I remember one time we were at a church. And I remember the person was up and I was up, I was sitting up as, as a clergyman. And I remember my last $5, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my kids about eating and stuff. And my last $5, and I remember them saying, and you preachers don't think you're going to get out of here without uh, giving an offering, giving such amount, this, that, that amount of people. You going to pledge this much? Yeah, I'll give it that much. And I remember sitting up there and I was thinking to myself, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not trying to rob God, but I know God doesn't want me to not have anything. I mean, I got to buy some food for my kid. And I remember I got my uh, thing and they were, they were just still a bit talking. I took that last $5, put it in the envelope and, and, and uh, where I wrote, I wrote my name and everything. No, I didn't write my name because I remember back then I didn't, I did everything anonymously. And I wrote for the amount, I wrote two mites. And I put that in there in my last $5. The thing is, the part that is the gift is not the money. That's the part we see. The money is not the gift. What does God care about metal ore or the paper representation of it? God don't care about that. Because anything you could buy with that money is already his. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, what, how so you could, you. and mm-hmm. so are you. There is no part of you that got that, that came into existence without something of God's making it happen. And then the process of you coming in, in, into this world was God's. The things that cause you to learn, to see, to grow, to become who you are. All of that was God's. Even the building blocks and material, down to the atoms, the quarks and the leptons uh, that are smaller than protons and neutrons. All of those, that's all his. You are made up of every everything you're made up of. Made, uh, everything you're made with is of God. So how can we buy him? And we have the nerve to... To, to think that he's asking too much of us when there's nothing that we could be without something of his actively making you bad. So after all of that happens, they have enough uh, melted down, uh, able to replace the utensils of the temple. Jehoiada. 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 Jehoiada, just because I can't say it doesn't make it wrong. Man, these names. Jehoiada, he's old now, and by verse 15, he dies. How old is Jehoiada when he dies? Hmm? 
130 years old he was. He got up there. Where did they bury him? Where did they bury Jehoiada? In the city of David, among the kings, because he had got done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. Now, the remember when we first when we started out, it said that Joash, the boy king, he had done good in the sight of the Lord for how long? Forty years. I'm sorry. His name was forty years. His reign was 40 years, but he did good in the sight of the Lord. For how long? A better way to ask the question. Exactly, as long as Jehoiada lived. Verse 15, Jehoiada dies at 130 years old. And we saw all the good up till now that Joash did in the uh, under the tutelage of Jehoiada. Jehoiada dies, and now what do we see from Joash? Do we see uh, him staying on the straight and narrow, continuing down the that path of righteousness, or do we see something else? <laughs> see fan blades with cow chips. <laughs> <laughs> the cow chips hit the fan blades. Done and done. A hundred and eighty degree turn. It's the title for my next section is Jehoiada's Reform Reverse. Wow. Wow. All the good, all of the, the tearing down the groves that went down under the last king and the kings before him. All of the rebuilding the temple. All of the touching the people's heart, reminding them what the word of the Lord was, the commandment through Moses, all of this stuff. All of this stuff, letting God use him. Even in the way that men want to be used, a legacy. That's what men, a lot of men, you get to a certain point in your life and you start thinking, not in terms of what you want to do now or what you have done uh, already, but you're thinking, you're thinking in terms of what will be your legacy. How will you be remembered? How will you affect the world in some way after you're gone? And what does Joash do after the death of Jehoiada, his mentor? That reminds you of Rehoboam. Exactly. He makes and bad Jehovah. decisions. Yeah. Listen to the wrong people. So Jehoiada, the priest, the one who protected Joash as a child, who, who they protected him for six years. From t the time he was one until the time he was seven years old when he, when, when he became king. When Jehoiada brought him, protect him, and, and basically pushed him up there as king. He formatted the plan. He got the, ar the armies of the different houses together. Killed he got the killed the grandmother. He armed the priests in order to protect Joash and executed the greatest threat to Joash's life at the time. Which was his own grand was Joash's own grandmother. Yeah. Je Jehoi Jehoiada dies at 130 years old, and that young king proceeds to undo 
all of the good that he and Jehoiada did. What were some of the things that um, what were some of the things that uh, Joash did? Or can you think of anything that Joash did? I'm sorry? After? After the death of Jehoiada. What were some of the things that Joash did? Well, we just read it. He um, repaired the temple. Mm -hmm. Well, the tabernacle, I think, was actually. The house of God. The house of God. He what? No, no, no. What what were some of the good what were some of the things that he revert when he reversed the good things? He reversed oh, the oh, renovation. Oh, you say they worship Asherah. They worship Asherah. Idols instead, so they abandoned the temple of God. And um, started the worship. Okay. They did the same thing. They took. They made the same mistake that Israel made. They returned to the groves. They were. This is verse eighteen. They returned to the idols. They abandoned the house of the Lord, and so the wrath of God came upon Judah and Jerusalem for their trespasses. 